What if you just need to decide that it's your turn? Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. So I'll be here each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and my first time acting was in second grade when I was in a teddy bear's picnic scene in a Cinderella show that my mom produced and directed. It's who you know, right? Today on the show, we've got Andrew Hovelson, and he and I don't talk so much about his story as much as storytelling in general as an actor. He has been an actor most of his life on Broadway and film and television and has all kinds of insight on what that feels like, what the experience is, and what it's like to be in the audition room, and who really has control in that space. Uh, We talk about knowing when it's your turn and being directed and goodwill hunting and the fact that most of the important conversations have probably already happened in your life. He challenges me in a really authentic and real way towards the end of this, and I'm sure that you're going to feel challenged as well. If something jumps out to you in this episode, then share it on social media so that someone else can experience that same transformation and leave a rating review on your podcast player. It means a lot. Look, I know you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you are choosing to listen to some not boring stories here. And for that, I am entirely grateful. Enjoy this episode. So we've got uh, No Boring Stories podcast. I'm Alex Street. I'm your host. And this is a place where there's no boring stories. And as you can tell already, Andrew is going to bring some great stories today. Andrew Hovelson, you are here. You are bringing your story, your whole journey to us. It does involve acting. It involves all kinds of stuff. We're going to meet on all kinds of different levels, I'm sure, here around parenting, around acting, around performing, around coaching, around helping the next generation all these different elements that we could touch on here in your story. But um, let's just start with how you're doing. You good? I am the best I've ever been right now at this moment in my life. No. I'm doing fantastic, Alex. (laughs) I'm super happy to be here. Uh, It's quiet in my house. You know, the kids are out gallivanting around and I'm staring at a blue light screen with the greatest Canadian of all time, Alex (laughs) Street. I'm just I'm just excited about the word gallivanting was just used. So that's you. That's you have a, kids, but get get three boys under ten, and they will always gallivant, and you will never have the need for pets. Is it gallivanting? I would I would probably describe that as three boys under ten. I would imagine they are they are freaking out all over the place. Is that like not freaking out? Not they're exploring. They're Maybe it's gallivanting. Do you know, do you know what? Do you, so my, my dad is a veterinarian, mostly of large animals, cows okay. and pigs. Um, but so I, I got to know some animal lingo gr- growing up. Do you have a dog, Alex? I do not. I do not. Okay. Do have pets. you ever had a dog? Nope. Yeah. So do you know? Unrelatable. You see, <laughs> no. Do you know when you see dogs at a dog park or, or I, on your, I have seen dogs. Yes. I have. I have witnessed dogs. On the TikTok or whatever uh, yeah. the kids are calling it nowadays. <laughs> Dog talk. Come on. <laughs> like running back and forth. Sure. Like almost like having some sort of running seizure. Mm-hmm. It's called frapping. I don't know why it's called frapping, but it's called okay. frapping. Mm-hmm. So we can either use for kids gallivanting or frapping. One of the two. 
because that's what they're doing. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. I know what the title of this this episode is going to be: uh, <laughs> gallivanting or frapping. So, okay, you. I mean, you started talking. We just started talking about whether we use this as the beginning of the podcast or not. I don't know, but but you. Op- we were talking about this idea of going in and reading your lines and being prepared. And some people are like, "I don't want you to be prepared um, when you come in. You have experienced life as an actor, um, and you know what it's like to go into an audition room. And this is something that not many people get to experience." Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, because I think it is truly a, a unique experience that tests your worth, your value, your drive, um, what you believe about humanity, just being in that audition room before we get into the whole story and all of that, can you just give us a taste of what that has been like for you? How do you summarize that experience of, of the audition. Did La La Land get it right when they show Emma Watson show up with all people dressed the same and then they don't care about her? Like it not Emma Stone, sorry. Um, or is it something different than that? What's been your experience like that in in the audition space alone? Every audition room is different. Every director, producer is different. Everyone chooses to believe that audition rooms are a safe space to do your work. (laughs) And everyone is utterly terrified of making the wrong decision. (laughs) Okay. So there's this counterbalance there? Yes. It can either be like toxic positivity or complete dread. And so as a performer, you have to walk in, um, which I've never been particularly good at, um, of walking in, being prepared, and being like, everyone right now is having an internal aneurysm. Um, but not like, me. Like not, wait, okay. So as, as, the, as the talent, you're walking in and recognizing that all the people on that side of the table, the casting yeah directors agents team director if they're in the they're all they're all freaking out yeah because what if they make a wrong decision right they don't get to be god this is crazy because it's totally i think we think it's they're totally in control so they must be calm as a cucumber they must be just like all right perform for me I hold all the power. They they are. They are, but they hold all the power in the room and then they give their power away to who's ever putting the money up for the project. Wow. Yeah. So I, it is a process of anointing. This is what I've come to believe, Oof. know and understand of auditioning. <laughs> it is a process of anointing. It feels good to anoint someone. It feels good as a dad to be like, "See, I plucked you, young man, out of the out of the wombs of myself, and now I have anointed you as the best child ever in my apartment building. That feels good. There's something incredibly selfish about that. Uh-huh. And and that's what people like to do in acting. 
that that I have chosen the night. I have I have yeah. deemed you as the champion. Now go and and serve us well. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. But as the knight, as the one being anointed. So my experience as mostly only commercial acting, but it's this it is this this like I don't know. How do I how do I become what they want me to be? How do I step yeah. into this room and be what they want me to be? And that is such a that is you know, is that the complete dread? Or or is that the toxic yeah. positivity? Which <laughs> like, it's 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 hard. It's hard because I, I haven't figured it out, you know. Mm -hmm. I've had relative success. Um, but I haven't figured it out the balance of becoming what someone else wants you to be and then actually trusting that they're like, well, we just want you to be yourself. Uh huh. It's like, well, if I'm myself, uh, there's going to be some things that, that don't <laughs> really go into this role <laughs> or go into this audition period process. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's this. Uh, how do you be yourself while reading lines? How do you be yourself while pretending to be the this dad of one? Well, I'm a dad of three. So how do I how do I gently rub this woman's back and show her that I care when like when I know that you're watching me do it? It's this. It's so bizarre. I think my my first experience um, when I first walked into an audition, I walked in like I was I was I had been anointed already, thinking. I've got this. I'm great. I'm a great actor. I can do this. And then I had never felt so small as, as like when they told me to do something, I was like, and then they told me to do it again and they clearly looked disappointed. And then they said, okay, thanks. Actually, I don't think they said thanks. They said, you can go. And then I like walk out of the room and I was expecting people outside the room to like, look at me and like, to be like, how did it go? How you do? Nobody looks at you. Nobody cares. It's so, it's so, it was so bizarre to not be noticed or not, not be, it felt like I wasn't seen, you know? Do you know that? You were seen. You were seen. Ooh, that maybe hurts even more. Yeah. <laughs> they saw me and didn't want me. Ooh. Yeah, I completely Yikes. agree. Look, here, here's the deal. Acting is a process of, just like business, right? It's a process of relationships. It's a process of who you know. Mm -hmm. It's a process of how prepared you are as a human, right, to to step into whatever role that is, whatever situation, whatever room mm -hmm. um, that is. And it's also a process of persistence. I had a good friend who said, you know, it's like this. I'm from New York. Well, I'm from Minnesota, but I live in New York City. It's like going into a deli like an old time deli mm -hmm. in New York city. And then I don't know how they, how they do it up North in Canada. I'm sure they just <laughs> give everyone free sandwiches, but in, in well, America, we go and hunt our caribou first yeah. and then we share it with the neighborhood. Then you share it in uh, America. You have to walk in with money and pay for your sandwich. Unbelievable. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's capitalist disgusting. society. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so you, so you take, you take this deli ticket, Right, you like take a ticket. It says like number. Sure, and, yeah. You know. We've I've seen Seinfeld. I know how it works. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I live in the building that that Seinfeld was created. Mm. I live. Okay, finish this story, then we'll go to that one because yeah, that's. I will. 
Okay. Um, I've, I've ridden the, the elevator numerous times with the character Kramer was based off of. He's a neighbor of mine. Okay. Oh, so you take gracious. the so you take the deli Stay ticket. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> you take the deli ticket and you just wait. And sometimes your number is one, sometimes your number is a thousand. But you just have to stay in the deli as people leave, as people get their sandwiches, right? Mm-hmm. As people, you know, get out mm-hmm. of line and start talking to their friends, mm-hmm. right? As people uh, just decide that they don't have time because they're going to get fired from their job that actually makes them money to pay for the sandwich. And, mm-hmm. and if you can just stay in the deli, eventually they'll be like, uh, you know, pastrami on rye. Uh, number seven million four hundred and fifty-two, and then you just go, you go get your sandwich. It's good, but if I leave, then I got to come back and get a new ticket. Have, have yeah, you seen you that? Get a new ticket. Have you seen that, Mister Bean? Uh, <laughs> he's in the hospital, and it's this all—it's all about a ticket, yes. and he loses his ticket, and then he's back at number one. He tries to steal someone else's ticket. Yes. That's probably a more accurate representation. Mr. Bean is the most accurate representation of our lives, I believe. Yeah. So, And the key with Mr. Bean is you have to see it because you can't hear it. <laughs> um, okay. I love that. I accept that and receive that, that acting much like any opportunity that you're stepping into, any new thing is like being in a deli. You take your number and you wait for it to come up. If you're not willing to wait, then you're going to start again. Yeah. Now, the key is to own the deli and be making the sandwiches <laughs> yourself, right? No. And then you can then you can eat all day long. Uh huh. And, and that's then, the honest truth. Then right? you hold the power. Yeah, but if yeah, exactly. No, but yeah. Then then you're in America. Mm-hmm. The first you get the women. Then what is it? First you want. I don't, then I don't you even get the know power. where you're going with that, but um, sure. It's a it's Simpsons and in Simpsons he's mocking so I think he's I think it's Scarface. First you get the money, then you get the women, then you get the power. I think that's it. That's probably it. We should have stuck to Mr. Yep. Bean. Um should have. So okay, finish that thought, because you had something good cooking there. No, that was it. If you can, you know, figure out how to create the sandwiches yourself. If you actually know the suppliers for like the bread and pastrami and you say, hey, we're going to serve everyone else sandwiches, that's when it gets to be really fun. You know, that's mm-hmm. when you have little, that's when you have like, I'm trying to think of who are those guys who like made movies like Super Troopers or, you know, all these, all these groups of people make movies yeah. together over and over and uh, all these. But look at know, like Judd Apatow and his, his gang, yeah. like all those guys. Yeah happens in theater as well right it's just the economics aren't rewarded as much in theater mm-hmm. right that's when it gets really fun i have a, I have a very good friend of mine who creates Cirque du Soleil shows right now and um he we went to undergrad together in a really classical theater training program he left to join the circus and it took him a while but now he'll come back into new york and people want to see him and want to audition for things and it's so foreign to him mm-hmm. that he would go and and take his ticket in the deli he's like well i'm just you know i'm just creating the sandwiches every day and he gets compensated extremely well for him and he's creative all the time um, but he chose that right he chose that from a from a younger age yeah to 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 be the creator so. 
This is good. I'm honestly, Andrew, I don't know if the, if we'll actually dive much into your story today. I think this is going to be fun. We're just going to keep this conversation going and talk about, you know, story creativity in general. Good. So this if, will if not be worth this. it for me. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> what are you expecting from this? <laughs> what do you want the story of this your is, life to be? Alex? Yeah. What do you uh, want the story of your life to be? No, but here, here's where this is fun. I, I could answer, answer that question. question if you want. I will. I hold. No, I'm in control here. If you, you have experienced storytelling, this is the thing, on a level that a lot of people have not. And in the profession of storytelling. And, yes. and that's where I, I'm, I'm interested you know, I've, I've got my brother on on the show as well. He he's a screenwriter. He he creates the stories, and if you are the one who's showing up on the other end of that, as this has been so much of of what you've done in your career, this is the part I do want to know about your story. Um, is is taking that script and now performing it, make turning that story into something real. Um, I just think you've got something insightful to share for all of us who are now thinking, how do I tell better stories? This is where so, I see that you are living a story. You are constantly trying to live a great story, but you are also trying to perform um, the story that's being written. Yeah. So okay. So here's here, here. There's a lot of different. We could go into this forever. There's a lot of different theories on this. Okay. Classical theater, right? Start with classical theater. Uh, right out of college, mm-hmm. right? I, I went to one of the biggest outdoor classical theaters in the country, right? Very well respect uh, in Wisconsin. Okay. It's, it shares a lot of, of folks with um, Ashland, Oregon. Um, uh, a lot of what's the what's the crazy outdoor theater that you guys have up up north in Canada? Stratford. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of That's where Justin around. Bieber uh, is from. Stratford. Did you know that? Yeah, well, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know their whole thing is they're putting on plays that are already written and yeah. often time the screenwriter isn't there right it's not there to, to ask questions of yep. you know the playwright isn't there and so i mean a lot of it is shakespeare so he's definitely yeah. not there but well, yeah somebody's rewriting it and or sometimes yeah. they're re-perform or they're, they're it's a slight rewrite or a retake on on it or not even a Anyways. rewrite I'm, I'm talking more as a performer yeah what what your purpose there is like how do how does my character support the story all the time mm-hmm. how do i support the story how does this fall into the story how do i make the story better the story is the thing mm-hmm. right the story is the thing get into independent film and it depends right it depends on if the writer is also the director mm. right is also the producer Sometimes uh, it's important to have a strong, firm hand who knows exactly visually what they want. Yeah. And it's not about the story. It's like, I need you to actually do this. I need you to turn this lever right now in this scene Mm -hmm. so I can put all the puzzle pieces together. Not so much about the story, but at the end, you know, two months from now, when I go into post, I'm just going to put the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. You don't need to know what the story is. You just need to be this best puzzle piece right now, hmm. right? And another thing is, you know, another option. There's a million different options, but another example I should say is um, in theater with some big names, right? Yeah. You have this 
delicate balance and sometimes good tension, sometimes not, is where uh, you've got a, a story that's written and then you have a big honking name, which mm-hmm. is the reason that people are going to come and see the story performed. Mm-hmm. And they say, I don't like this line. I'm not quite sure why I'm saying this line. I don't know why my character yeah. would do this thing here. And and a lot of times they do it with grace. And a lot of times I, I've looked as a young actor being like, man, I should have more confidence to speak up like that. Huh. And a lot of times they don't do it with grace. And they're like, this sucks. I can't. And then I can't do this play. Right. And then you, as not the big name, thinks, well, wait, I thought... I thought I just auditioned and then did the play that I was given. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're actually that, that name is trying to mold the story itself. Right. It, it goes beyond co-creation yeah. to ownership, ownership or overtaking. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So this is interesting. Would you rather be strong hand directed or uh, let's go the other extreme, complete improv in, in a role. Good question. Here's the story. You know, uh, man needs to get his deli sandwich. Run with the two it. Most, the three most fulfilling things I've ever done in, in acting, performing, the, the art space. One is I was the director of it. Mm-hmm. Number two is I created like a, a one-man show myself. Um, and it was extremely fulfilling because you you actually release something inside yourself. Yeah, amazing. you share a gift, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're 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 opening up your your soul for someone, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you're both the owner and the performer of that. Yeah, right. I feel like and that's then, what a lot of my like a lot of my public speaking opportunities. Sure. That's, that's what it is. It's like here's my forty oh, minute one man show. <laughs> once a week, it's like any it's anyone that has a dream that builds a company. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's 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 all the same thing. So that's extremely fulfilling. So directing then, one man show and um, and then it, you know it's it's acting with friends. It's saying, listen, I have seven people who are incredible performers. We are going to take the the um, the pressure off of having to create the material ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we get to just jam like a great jazz musician, yeah, like yeah, a great right. jazz band, right? We get to jam like a jazz band. And, you know, the song's there, mm-hmm. but we get, to, we get to jam and we get to do that eight times a week. So I like all of those. Where I'm at at, at this point in my life is I honestly don't care which one it is. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be financially stable because it goes back to the anointing, Right. Because the anointers want to say, Alex, you have an amazing podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I will handpick you out of a, 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 a number of podcasts, right? A number of yeah. cookies in the cookie jar. Right. And I will give you the platform uh, to, to both creatively fulfill yourself, right? And financially fulfill mm-hmm. yourself, right? Um, but what happens with the rest of the cookies? They could be amazing podcasts, right? Do they even get eaten? 
Okay, Street Team, I know that you love the guests that I bring on this show just as much as I do, and they are bringing you so much value, but look, I only have a limited reach, and I know that you know somebody who has a not boring story. So, if you know someone who should be on this show to share their not boring story, or somebody who's an expert storyteller who could bring so much value to this audience, then please let me know. Reach out to me on Instagram at Street Says and just send me a DM. That's on Instagram at Street Says and send me a DM telling me somebody that you know that would be a great guest on the No Boring Stories podcast. I appreciate you so much, Street Team, and this podcast does not exist without you. So let's spread the love and get even more Not Boring Stories shared in this space. I love the metaphors that we are dancing around in this episode. This is so rich. But because here's the thing. There's two thoughts that come after that. Um, One, what the hell happened with the, it's my turn. It's my ticket. I'm the next in line. But you're saying here, they're jumping ahead 100 people because that guy's got it. That guy's got it. And and we want to, or at least we want to see if he's got it yeah. before we come to the next one in line. So we're walking through life. Let's bring this to reality and everybody's listening and all this stuff that isn't an actor. We're walking through life expecting the next thing to come from. I'm sure it's my turn. It's my turn to succeed. My business is going to go. I mean, I put in this hard work. I quit my job. It's my turn. It's my turn. But what? Somebody else is getting success. Mm-hmm. And then we go, wow, I am just so tired. I wish somebody would just call my name. And when that happens, then, I mean, so that's one element is like, what do we do with that? When we're just like, we're so tired and it seems like someone else is getting it. And then there's this other element of when you get it, are you the kind of person who wants to be given, here you go, here's the stage, just go for it. Here's your business. Here's your platform. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Or are you the kind of person who needs somebody to say, this is your next move. Okay, now do this. Now move here. Now make this call. And I think some of us, we feel like we get into business, we get into entrepreneurship, we get into all kinds of stuff running our own business because we feel like we want the improv life. Yeah. But we don't recognize how much the director is involved in that. We don't realize how much somebody else has formed that story or that stage to make that possible or how much we need the people around us. And I feel like that's kind of what you're saying is they're like, it doesn't matter, like any of these formats are good. What I care about most is, is it, is it actually, uh, is it actually sustainable or am I waiting for the random pick again and again? And which again? one would you prefer? Of which, of what? Would you prefer waiting in line for the deli ticket or would you prefer, uh, you know what? Screw it. Well, this is the thing. I've spent most of my life waiting for the, the I'm number 812. I see that they're at 104 and I've been expecting the phone. I've been expecting them to call me. Do you know what I mean? Them being, so this is when I was a youth pastor. I was like waiting for the phone call. Okay. When's the next thing going to come? I'm not at this church anymore. I know that, but there's some other bigger opportunity. There's something else out there. I, I know that I'm made for something else, something, whatever that looks like. When's that phone call going to come? So I've spent most of my life expecting that the invitation to come to me. 
and that kind of clarity to come where somebody just says, you, you will be ours and you will help us succeed. And what I'm realizing is that it's the patience game. It's yeah, much more a, about staying in the deli and waiting for your turn. It, it's interesting because in, you know, in a corporate America setting, in a, um, in a job setting, in like a school setting, right? You can, you can kind of see, you're like, okay, you know, then the, the senior class is going to graduate and I'll be a senior next year. Right. In corporate America, you're like, well, you know, Alex is going to retire in a couple of years and then I'll actually, I'll at least be on the short list for his job. Right. And maybe I get it. Maybe I don't, but there's like a path and a track to yeah. run on. Right. Um, and so it's easier to stay in the deli, even if you know that your number 1000 and that they're only going through, you know, two a month, mm-hmm. right? Because you can predict that. Yeah. In acting and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. they're just like, hey, welcome to the deli. Take a number. Yeah. Sometimes we go through 20. Sometimes we don't go through any. Because it all depends on who wants the sandwiches and when they want them. And honestly... If the people that make the sandwiches are even showing up for work today, <laughs> it just all seems so random. And and honest, like I don't want. So here's that's the deal, the thing. Alex. I, Alex, we don't want Alex, that sort this of. This is my podcast, Alex. This is my podcast. Now. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> um, um, and, and so so I'm what's the captain now? <laughs> so what's happened over and over, and I've, I've come to realize this. I just had a fascinating conversation with my business partner about this yesterday is that both in acting and entrepreneurship you have to anoint yourself in your head you have to be the one that's like listen i have the best number whether i choose to wait in line or i choose to go take my number to western union and be like listen man i I want my money now um you've got to choose yourself and you have to tell yourself that every day you, you, in this earlier, you know, I, I asked a question and this is going to be the best statement ever made right here, because you said that, that one of the best stories ever told is specifically Goodwill hunting and very specifically the moment where they where Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, they're having a conversation outside the construction site and they're talking and saying, you know what I hope was Ben Affleck say, I, my greatest hope is I'm going to show up one day to pick you up and you're not going to be there. Just gone. Poof. You didn't say anything and that's it. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, because you've got something. Me, I'm stuck here. I'm a Southie. This is my life. But you, you've got something more. And what you just said, Andrew, about saying, no, th- but this is, this is what I'm here for. Like it's about recognizing that you've got something. It's choosing that direction. That's what that moment is, right? It's Ben Affleck saying, Matt, recognize this. You got something. You need to choose to go and get it. And so what does he do? He's going to go and see about a girl. And he's going to go to MIT or whatever that is. But that's that's everything that you're talking about. Yes? Yeah. I got goosebumps and, and started welling up when you <laughs> told that story. It's, the, it's one of the best conversations uh-huh. you can ever have. You know, I grew up with like a, a really close group of guy friends, right? Yeah. 
and everyone's gone to do something different and we're I'm still really close with some of them and we've all done different things yeah so that kind of I don't know, for lack of better terms, that kind of like bro mentality, yeah. um, those tough conversations that always just got. No, I just look at this as the thing with with that story. I think of, of what's Matt Damon's character's name? Are you serious right now? Yeah. I, what's his name? The oh, Will. title <laughs> of the movie is <laughs> Yo, Will. Okay. All right. <laughs> In fact, his last name is Hunting. I know. It's it's great. Okay. <laughs> so come on back. <laughs> so when when Will his story, you know, if I were to look at a story arc, it's look, I was this guy, I was poor, I could do all this stuff. And then I happen upon this thing and this incident. And I mean, people discover that I've got this crazy mind for math. But then I had a conversation with who? Like, what's he going to use? I mean, this is the thing. It's not just the moment, but it's a moment. And that that conversation with his best friend is a moment. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. another moment that happens with with Robin Williams. It's not your fault. So there's... There's another moment, or sitting on the park bench. There's another moment that could be the turning point in his life, in his story. And I think the key is, as you were just saying, I've got these guys. I've got these guys in my life that I know are pro. They have a more significant voice than anybody else. They know me. We've been through everything. And if one of them were to to have the confidence, the balls to say, Andrew, it's time. I need you to show up how we all know you can show up. I need you to do that. I actually want you to do that at the risk of us not being friends anymore. It's worth it. Those are the kind of conversations that we look for in this life. We need to look at and look for and be open to. Um, Not only happening to us, but us sort of leading the way on. Because those are, yeah, those are the transformative moments. And and I just love that, as you say, you've got those guys, but those that story shows up for us all over the place, and we just need to be open to it. Has that conversation was, happened for you? In various points in my life, yes. Um, it happened the other, well, it happened the other day. I was texting with one of my friends, and I was, you know, trying to just dealing with something, and he said, "Are you kidding?" I said, I, I, "I'm not quite sure that I can overcome this challenge." Hmm. He said, you, you left a town of 1,100 people, right, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I left. I, I'm here back in that town <laughs> right now for some vacation. Um, but he said, you left. You followed your dreams to New York City, been on Broadway film and television, and we've all watched you do that. So the idea that you're telling me right now that you have a challenge that you're trying to overcome and you're not able to do that is so foreign to me. Mm -hmm. This is what he's saying. Like that doesn't even compute in my head that that would be in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. Have you had anyone say that to you? Um, those (laughs) conversations. And how did you receive it? That's the most important. Yeah, I'd say mostly it's come in the last couple of years as I've put myself into like an entrepreneurship space. 
mm-hmm. it's it's me trying to hold back a little bit and people saying, are you kidding me, Alex? Like, it's me saying, like, I don't know. Like, is this really going to succeed? And people going, like, do you know how, do you know how we see you? Do you even, <laughs> do you even know how, how yeah. much good you're doing? How it's, it's Chris Harder, right? One of our mentors that yeah. like a host of a membership program saying to me in public, you're going to be a household name. And it's me, like, it's, it's me then having to go, wait, what? Like me, me, because yes, when I was 18, I saw that I saw my name in lights as an actor, but that was 20 years ago. And I Mm -hmm. left that dream to focus on something else. And now, so to picture that actually still happening in some other way and somebody to say, do you even see this? Do you even see how we see you? A, what a gift to receive, but it's, it can be it can be hard to receive, but I think when we do, that changes the story. I think I think from from knowing you, Alex, just deeply because we've spent so much time. Together, <laughs> um, is that we're barely acquaintances for for those yes, listening? <laughs> yes. Maybe what you need is is here. We'll have one of those conversations right now about storytelling. It is not from a Chris Harder. Or, or a huge person in the personal development space is someone like me who has some success in it, right? But sees someone who has who has a, a value in the marketplace, which you do as a storyteller, right? For a whole host, it's hundreds of thousands, millions of, of people worldwide mm. who love personal development, but can't don't know how to talk about themselves. You have caught lightning in a bottle with the the what you provide the service the value uh, you provide for this community, right? Right. And so here's the conversation: If I'm sitting here a year from now, and we're having this conversation again over Zoom, right? Instead of in in some amazing podcast studio, then I'd be pissed off. I would be pissed off because I'm working my tail off over here, right? Going to the next thing. Yeah. And you don't even have to work, Alex. You just have to show up in these mastermind groups and tell people, this is what I do. These are all the people that I've worked with. And this is how I'm compensated. It's that easy. And so if you don't drop me a text that says, hey, I'm, I'm to see about a girl. And then next time you're on like, you know, the, the, the Tony Robbins or Lewis Howes podcast yourself, I'll be like, well, what has he done? This is good. You know, I'm watching Goodwill Hunting tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, Alex, I will wonder what you've done. I will wonder what you've done. I will, I will like either, either he didn't trust himself. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually trust what he had. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or, so- you know, so, okay, so what's, I, I okay, here, first of all, I, I don't want to just bounce this back too quickly. And, and, and we're kind of in the winding down. The plane is landing here as far as this conversation goes. We should do this again. We'll have another one. Absolutely. Like oh. tomorrow. We'll have another one tomorrow <laughs> where we talk about what I actually want to talk about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, 
you had a ticket for one destination. I was like, nope, sorry, tracks are turned. We're going the other way, other coast. Um, I, I'm going to receive that first. I'm going to hear that. And, and and I love thinking of myself as hot, young Matt Damon right now. And you as studly, brawny Ben Affleck. And we need a friend to be Casey Affleck in this situation. We need somebody to be like the, the nerdy little... Wish I had my double burger, but it put your double. This <laughs> put it, I'll put it right here. I'll put, I'll put it, it right here. I put your double burger every week. Save ten cents. <laughs> so you give me ten cents. You stack up your ten cents. Layaway you plan. Your, yeah, layaway plan. Oh, <laughs> um, so I received that, and and I love how that's going. And and for those listening that also just heard you calling them out. I have to I have to accept that I have to realize that that's that's our role right here is yes you're talking to me and and I know that as a listener I've listened to podcasts where two people are having a conversation but I I'm the person who's being called out in this. And so while I'm receiving this, I also know that someone else is hearing this and and they it's almost like they wish that they had someone like you to just do that for them. They need someone to do that for them. And there's I mean, first of all, first of all, you just had that. Just take that. Take take this. Take Andrew right now as that person for you. Stop making excuses like I don't have a good friend to do that for me. You just got one. And then also there is this there's something that just triggered for you for me. Let's be real. Um that yeah, I'd be disappointed in myself. So I don't actually care if I disappoint you. But you saying that makes me realize that I would be disappointed in myself. And I would wonder, what did I just do for the last year? And next August, I would come back and say, what did I, what was I doing? Yeah. What's interesting about the Goodwill hunting conversation is that it takes, an, it takes a bizarre turn because I, if I'm remembering it right, uh, Will kind of says, oh, yeah, you know, I, I owe it to myself to, to go take, you know, to, to go give my gifts. And mm-hmm. Ben Affleck says, no, mm. f you. You owe it to me. That's true. That's what he says, and that's a little different. We could we'll dive into that over the next seven podcast series that we have together, because I'm not sure which is you know. Here here's the thing: mm. you don't do not judge the carrot, right? And don't judge the spank. If the spank right gets you out into the world, and it's it's your friend or your coach or your mentor saying you owe it to me. Mm-hmm. Not to yourself. I don't even care about you, Alex. You owe it to me. And that gets you moving. Don't judge that. Yeah. Right. If at the end you're like, I don't care about disappointing Andrew or, or Chris. Um, I care about disappointing myself. Then don't judge that carrot either. But in that conversation, Ben says, no, screw you. You owe it to me. Mm. You owe it to all of us here. But that's a level of because he knows how much will cares about his friends and so there's something about maybe i'm just saying i don't care about you thanks for being on my show um but there's there's got to be something to the level of the people in your life i would say yeah exactly the tightest people in my life if they said something to me if they said you owe it to me i would go oh i'm missing something in myself here me owing it to myself hasn't been enough so far so yes i do need that from someone else i need that push i need that spank as you as it were um, to get going. And that's what makes for a great story. These are the moments that then as we translate this, we look back and we say it was because of that conversation, that person, 
And it did not feel big at the time, but holy crap, I look back now and it was a turning point. Those are the moments that we need to latch onto and say, because of that, I am who I am now. So here's how I imagine this relationship going between me and you. Do you, do you listen to Armchair Expert? Yes. Okay. So Vincent D'Onofrio is on all the time, okay. right? We just watched Jurassic World last night and he's in that. Oh, he's geez. the big bad guy in that. <laughs> he's a strange bird. He, you want to go down the rabbit hole. He's a horrible auditioner. Hmm. Does not like it. Um, but I listened to him on Armchair Expert on my 14-hour journey in a minivan overnight from New York city to the Midwest and America. Um, and he's got this poem. This poem is fascinating. It's another thing that gives me goosebumps and makes me almost want to cry. And this is the poem much to the same thing that we were just talking about. It goes like this. Pigs can't look up, but I could pick a pig up one night and raise it into the sky and tilt this pig ever so gently. I can make sure this pig's eyes line up with the stars. Imagine seeing the stars for the first time. I want to I be treated that kindly and see the stars for the first time. Okay. <laughs> we are, uh, we're just going to end it. Uh, Andrew, this has been a true delight. Um, I love getting your insight. I know that we could, we really could talk for a long time and just just play this back and forth. Um, I'm sure that someone got something out of this and has been challenged in a way. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for opening up about your experiences so far. We're absolutely going to have a part two uh, to this conversation to hear your specific story, how you got into acting and how you got into coaching and and what you love most about life right now. We will get into all of that. But as for today, um, there's no doubt in my mind that this has, you have helped craft uh, many more not boring stories uh, in this world. And um, yeah, I think you're helping people look up and see the stars for the first time. So thanks for your time and thanks for everything that you bring to this. Thanks, Alex. You're a rock star. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.